When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Woo! Welcome to I'll Hang Up and Listen, brought to you by Outlet, Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on Georgia Boulevard. Sabres beat the Islanders in a defensive juggernaut of a game, 3-2. Eric Comrie stands tall in his season debut. And finally, the guys you're paying to be the guys to score goals are scoring goals. Uh, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Hurley. Hurls, uh, fun game to watch. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, We said the other night that this is a massive game for the Sabres. And it turned out that they stepped up to the challenge in every single way possible. I was just looking at some of the stats. The shots were 43 to 25 in favor of, of, of the Sabres. Uh, playing against a team like the Islanders, that almost never happens. They like to limit as many shots as possible, keep you in the neutral zone. Uh, and from what we saw the entire game, for the most part, the Sabres really dominated play. And they controlled the puck in the offensive zone, for the most part. And something that I'm just insanely surprised by face-offs for the first time in in forever 38 to 18 in favor of the Sabres um that is just I haven't seen that from this team in a really long time especially against a team that is so defensively sound and so tough like the New York Islanders so in every facet of the game we'll get into it they had their best game of the season and it's not even close they played well against the Lightning but the Lightning in my opinion, are not nearly as cohesive of a team as the Islanders are. The Islanders started 2-0. They had a tough game last night against the Devils. They got in late, so that might have contributed a little bit to their their sluggishness tonight. But for the most part, the Sabres just, as they do in these black jerseys, they played almost a perfect game. It was really amazing to watch. Yeah, and I apologize for the typo on the tweet. I did it. Unfortunately, two is right next to one, and I was typing fast. I did write three, two. It was three to one. Um, my mistakes, my mistakes. Uh, anyways, no. Um, in terms of, you know, the tan, I, I really felt like after that first period really hunkered down defensively, uh, we outshot them. I think it was like, what, 17 to nine in the second period. And the scoring chances in the second, I mean, aside from maybe two, I mean, they're really kept to the outside. Uh, Comrie saw every shot. Like, team defense was night and day different from the first four games. And I would say, and I don't think, 
even Tampa it was okay, but tonight was definitely like the best they played as a, as a five man unit from the first to the fourth line in the in the first five games. It, it, I don't really think there's any debating that. Um, and I think how many how many shots did Conry have in the third? I don't know about the well, third, but uh, it was twenty five. Well, it was twenty five for the game. So yeah, yeah, they shut him down. Um, just a complete night and day uh, difference in effort performance, sh- blocking shots, uh, taking away lanes. just They just look so much better structurally tonight. And I, I, people who follow me on Twitter, I went on a rampage today because I got sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of watching this team five on five be bad. <laughs> like just, just to be blunt, they're bad five on five. They're one of the worst teams in the last five years, probably near the basement in every single category, five on five. Please let this be the changing of the guard in that because you genuinely need to be a good, sound defensive hockey team if you're not going to score five, six goals a game like we were last year. Uh, you have to be better. Um, and it's a good thing that, if at least so far, you're getting good, good goaltending, like aside from maybe a period of a half of the season. Um, I'm, I'm just extremely excited about the way this game went. And, uh, uh, hopefully, you know, we have, a, we have a, an important back-to-back, uh, between with Montreal and Ottawa coming up. Um, hopefully, uh, Benson's back in the lineup. I, he, he wasn't injured, right? Or was, he was day-to-day. It was a lower body day-to-day. So lower body day-to-day. Day. Same thing with Levi. I imagine they'll both probably be back in the lineup, uh, come the Montreal game on Monday. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just bring that effort to you against Montreal and you're back to 500. Yeah, I personally, just the way, the calmness that Eric Comrie had in that tonight, I wouldn't mind seeing him in there on Monday. I really wouldn't. Uh, I think the team really rallied around him being in there. I think they kind of knew that they couldn't be irresponsible defensively in front of their own net. So they really played as good of team defense as we've seen in a really long time. So maybe they could use some of that momentum into a game uh, against the Canadians. Who knows? I mean, uh, Levi is from... Uh, French Canada. I think he's from the Quebec area, the Montreal area. So might might want to, they might want to get him in there uh, if he's healthy against his hometown team. Um, and then there's obviously the back to back with Ottawa on Tuesday night. So we'll see how they handle that. I'm fine with any combination. Uh, the one combination that was particularly good tonight was the new Dylan Cousins, Tage Thompson, and Jordan Greenway line. We've seen how strong Greenway's been this entire season. He looks like a different player than he did at the end of last season. Tage Thompson playing with a guy like Dylan Cousins, I think they complemented each other really well. Tage didn't score, but he had 10 shots on goal tonight, which you yeah. almost never see. Uh, he usually is in – he can get over five, but I haven't seen him have 10 shots on goal in a long time. Um, and Dylan Cousins, he gets that third goal, which obviously was a tap-in, but I think he had a strong game all night as well. I think he had six shots himself. So – the combination now you have a, a clear top six, and you can you can figure it out as as it goes. But Casey Middlesat with two assists. We talked in the post game the other night after the Flames game about putting Casey Middlesat on that top line with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck, and it seems like he unlocked them a little bit. Uh, I still think Alex Tuck didn't have his best game, but it was better than the first four. And the play from Casey to Skinner wide open, but Casey does all the work and Skinner buries it. So. Those two lines is your first two lines. Hopefully going forward can be very consistent and work well with each other. Uh, I think the bottom six played really well tonight too. Uh, Olsen 
I thought had one of his best games I've seen in, in a long time, um, offensively and defensively. I think he played really, really well. And you know what you're going to get from that fourth line. So I think Donnie might have found something here. We'll see what happens. Obviously, it's a game-to-game lead. But the way all of those guys play with each other, I think could lead to something really, really good and consistent. Yeah, uh, that especially that Cousins and uh, Tage, Cousins, Tage, Cousins, Tage, and Duck. Yeah. So no, it was Greenway. Cousins, oh, Greenway. I'm sorry. It was a big. It was a, it was a heavy line. Sorry, Greenway. Uh, Greenway, Tage, and Cousins. A lot of weight. A lot of heavy on that line, and they were in and around below the dots, uh, creating havoc in front of Varlamov uh, for most of the game. And we all saw. I mean, did that puck go in? I don't know. I mean, his his pad looked like it went behind the line. Doesn't really matter. But we talked about it the other night. Like, when is this league going to get real camera angles inside oh, the net where we can see if pucks cross the line? Like, I, I just, what, what, it's nuts. It's a joke. I just don't understand how they haven't figured that out yet. Maybe it's something to do with the ice or something else. But, yeah, I, I don't get it. They easily could do that, I think. Yeah. And Gary Bettman's probably just sitting at home just like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, it drives me nuts. Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it's probably going to save us in a few situations too. Probably like it did the other night. Yeah, um, but yeah, I um, I was encouraged by from what I saw from Tage tonight. I really was. He seemed a little bit frustrated on that same play where he eventually got the puck in the uh, in front of the crease and he still missed the net. But he was very persistent in the offensive zone. He was getting pucks on net. He was. I would say moving better in the way that we saw him in the middle of last year. And uh, yeah, it's, it's super encouraging. I thought that line played really well together too. seems like everyone loves playing with Jordan Greenway, which is just an amazing development. What so, a turnaround for that guy compared to his, like in Minnesota, kind of like he didn't really find his game. Obviously it's kind of difficult to judge a player in a new system uh, for the short sample size we had of him last year in a Buffalo Jersey. But how about the turnaround in his game and what he's brought to the table? Like, I am so excited that Jordan Green was a Buffalo Sabre. Yeah. I mean, Donnie said it when he brought him over. Like, he knew he had so much more to his game than what they saw in Minnesota. Uh, having coached him before, having worked with him, he's played with Tage before. So maybe putting him, them on the line together has some added chemistry. Uh, that assist that he had to Darlene, which eventually got it over to Cousins, that was a good play in itself. And he plays with speed. He plays with physicality. Even putting him on, a, on the penalty kill, he had a really nice play tonight where with that long stick, he got into a passing lane, and that's not the first time he's done that this season. So with that length, that physicality, that adds a dimension to this team that they that they did not have previously. And putting him and Tage together, along with Cousins, who, as we call him, the workhorse from Whitehorse, that line's got skill, they've got speed, they've got physicality, uh, and it really seems like Casey Middlestat, as we saw when Tage was injured towards the end of last year, has a really, really good fit with Jeff Skinner. And then we got to think Alex Tuck is going to figure it out eventually. So yeah, um, I'm really, really encouraged by that top six. Yeah. And like I said, Alex Tuck, I thought, again, the best game he had this year. Again, it wasn't really, you know, on the score sheet, but that fight, like, let's talk about that fight for a second. Uh, Sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah. Like, I was blown away. Like, like, we never, never seen Alex Tuck fight. But that man was throwing lefts like Rocky Balboa. Yeah. It was, uh, I think for him, an activation moment. I think he knows that he's not played well this season. Even to begin this game, he had two really quick turnovers. And it seems like he's not being really strong on his stick. And he's not skating the way he did all of last season. 
So sometimes a fight like that, a moment like that to get your team going, and it seems like it did get the Sabres going. I'm not sure how too long after that they got the first goal. Um, so, yeah, that's a big moment. He's a leader on this team. I think he knows he's underperforming offensively. But maybe that's the, the key that could turn around moving forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree, agree with you more. Um, and you still have that first power play unit together. That That's not going to break up. You're still going to have Tage, Tuck, Skinner, uh, Cousins out there with Darlene. Um, and once again, once they get going to, I mean, the scoring, it was going to go up. Um, but I mean, I think the story of the game for sure is just defensively night and day, how better we looked. And I, I, I can't express that enough. Samuelson, I mean, you know, I loved his reaction. Like he immediately turned the, I don't know if the puck was in the net yet. He was already turning cause he knew it was going in. And this, that Sully by Samuelson was fantastic. He is an absolute beauty. You can tell that this team is different when he's in the lineup. Yep. Um, and speaking of physicality, uh, before we forget about it, Rasmus Dahlin, his head on oh, Pedro. J.G. Pedro. Dude. He's a, that- a head against the Sharks last season. It seems like he said it himself. It feels like we're evil in these jerseys. He plays with a different intensity. He's obviously been our, the Sabres' best player this season without a shred of a, shred of a doubt. But – when he adds that dimension to his game, I've said that he's a top five defenseman in the league. He's a top three defenseman in the league. Like he's already so much better in his own zone than he used to be. And he's creating offensively. I think he could do a little bit more, to be honest. I saw a couple people mention that tonight, his activation yeah. in the offensive zone. I do think that it could be even more than what it has been. But the fact that he's got an assist in four straight games, um, yep. he's playing so responsibly and then he can make a hit like that and it just be an absolute momentum changer he's he's a unicorn the way Pajau had his head down and he came across that blue line it was it really reminded me a lot of that Campbell and Umberger had the way he laid his shoulder into him like out cold like I was was not expecting Pajau to get up after that because he hammered him yeah he uh I don't know if he left his feet but he launched into him there's a there's a picture uh, ben Matthewson tweeted out of uh, behind the bench right after that hit happened. Don Granado is like putting his hand on the glass because like it seems like he needed to like hold himself up either from excitement or from the sheer impact of the hit being so close to the bench. Uh, so that gives you as good of an idea as any of how hard the hit that was. Um, but yeah, it he's he is truly incredible. His poise with the puck, his skating ability. As we've talked about his awareness in the defensive and offensive zone, as he continues to unlock his true offensive talent, I think it's going to be even better. I think the goals are going to come. It took a little bit last season, and then I think he got 10 or 12. So it's going to happen. Uh, But I'm just obviously grateful that that deal is done. And as crazy as it sounds, $11 million a year, it's going to turn into a bargain uh, because he can, can consistently be a top three to five defenseman maybe even one of the best defensemen in the league for 10 to 12 years to come. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, we talked, too, about the goaltending. Uh, Comrie making his season debut. Again, when they needed him most in that first period, he stood tall. He looked fantastic. Um, and I think definitely he kind of solid himself, solidified himself as the backup goalie. Again, again something that we talked about with, with Walt extensively, like, what do you do? Like when Matthew Savoy is healthy and wants to come back or in a situation where we do um, have an injury, uh, 
you know, what four do we bring in? What do you do? Do you still continue with this three goalie rotation? Like, I think another game like that, I think UPL is probably on the trade block. Yeah, because, for sure. I, yeah, I know, I, really I, know I know Kevin Adams has has thinks very highly of him, but at the end of the day, and I know there's been a lot of discourse, and it's it's typical Saber Twitter discourse about one game. Like it, it's like a vicious cycle, and you might agree with this, Charles, is with goaltending since Ryan Miller left. In hey, insert name played great tonight. He should be our starter. That's literally what goalie Sabers Twitter has been. Yeah. For well, a and it drives not, me. I feel fans are really reactionary. Yeah, um, it drives I, me was, I would love to get to a spot that Comrie's not even necessarily the backup, that it potentially could be a 1A, 1B situation. Because, I'm, good, I'm good with a 60 40 split. Yeah, with, with his experience and his poise, I think he struggles in a situation where, where a game can get away from him. He's not going to yeah. give you the insane high danger, high danger chance saves that Devin Levi can give you. He's not athletic. He's not as athletic of a goalie. So yeah. he is at his best in games like tonight and as he was at the end of the season against the Islanders last, last year when he got the shutout. When the team plays responsibly defensively, he'll make the saves that he needs to. And then even tonight in the first period where he went, as as you said, coast to coast, and he made a really good save on Brock Nelson, who's been super that's hot. Yes. This that's a huge like, save. But it wasn't – a save where he needed to like play outside of himself. He was yeah. just very good positionally. He got in a position, he challenged, and there was no rebound. Yeah. So if he's able to do that, that's all he needs to do for us. And, and literally, and literally on that save in particular, like the read was perfect by him. Yeah. Like he, you could tell he knew Brock that was there. Like maybe the Sabres didn't realize Brock was there, but he knew he was there. And the second that pop that pass up the stick, he was already shifting his head and shoulders over to make sure he was square with Nelson and Nelson didn't stand a chance. Like he did not stand a chance on that shot. That was a save uh, 10 times out of 10 in that exact situation with the way Comrie played it. Um, And uh, just again, just to your point, Comrie is the perfect type of goalie that when you're not getting outrageously outshot and you're playing well structurally, he's not a guy who's going to hurt you by giving up a bad goal. Like he's got, he's going to win you that game. Uh, as long as long as you play sound in front of him, whereas with Levi, he will he 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 can do those same things. But to your point, the athleticism, just obviously the uncanny IQ that he has in the way he looks at the game, um, he's going to make you those timely, incredible split second saves uh, to keep you in a game. And he's also a goalie too. And I, again, I know I, I didn't put this game on Comrie last year, that ten goal game, because that wasn't on him. But like when, what, what, like what was it? Uh, that that quote from uh, the replacements, Keanu Reeves. You know, what's your worst fear? Quicksand. Because when things aren't going right, it feels like you're in quicksand. I don't think Devin Levi has that mentality. Like if he lets a bad goal in, he stays sharp. He just gets right back to the next shot. He doesn't. He doesn't carry it with him through the rest of the game. Whereas I'm not saying that's the way Comrie is, but I definitely know that's not the way Levi is, and that's why I trust him to be my one A. That's why in those important games, which is why we saw at the end of last year, that that's your guy. That's going to be your workhorse. For sure. His ceiling is much higher. And as he continues to get NHL experience, I think his floor is going to get higher too. I think they just need to get to that point where, of course, they don't overwork him. And as we've talked many times, like that was our greatest fear with him, especially in his first NHL season, not playing this type of schedule. 
And as we talked about the other night, like Comrie could have been really good in that Flames game. They did get outshot. There were a lot of high danger chances, but that could have been the, the game to put him in. I'm glad it worked out tonight. You don't have to hindsight's 2020, but the best case scenario is having a guy they can trust with Devin Levi. And I don't necessarily think it even needs to be behind him. Uh, working in tandem with each other to win games for this team in congruence with better team defense. So we'll see what happens. But I'm, I, I got another, uh, Mauricio coming in here late. Let Comerly play more games. Levi can't be Granado's puppet play favorites. Nepotism, favoritism. Comrie is God. Right, dude, punctuation, Mauricio. <laughs> just, I, I just where's the nepotism? Like, this, is, this is this is an English teacher's nightmare. But he's related to anybody. Comrie is God or Savior. Turn the hype down. Cheerleading on Levi. I don't know what that word's supposed to be. Almost forgot to chime. Um I agree. Turn the hype down when it comes to one good game from Comrie. I mean, the same thing we said about Levi. I just, I, I'm, t- I'm just tired, just tired of the same old vicious cycle when it comes to the narrative about goaltending in Buffalo amongst the fans. Like, because if, if Levi comes in on Monday and has an amazing game, everyone's going to want him to be the starter. You know what I mean? I think, it's just like, no, just it's, pick it's your guy. Right. Just pick your guy and go with it. Like he's well, your guy. I, I, but I really do believe, and I can't stress this enough, especially in Levi's first season. The best case scenario is to have a guy that they can just throw right in there because he's going to have his, his bad game or two. It's going to happen. Oh, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Every single young goaltender, and you can play him the majority of games as he continues to have good games, which I, I believe he will. But tonight, as we said the other night, was so, so important that we could have a guy like Eric Comrie come in, play steady, be good positionally, be good with his rebounds, he should have had a shutout tonight. I have no idea what Connor Clifton was doing on that play. That puck's going over the net, and he chicken-winged it into the net. Insane. And I would be yeah. so pissed if I was Eric Connery. But the thing about him is he's got such a good attitude. He's got such yeah. a positive attitude as a goalie in the locker room. Everybody loves him. He's a bit of a geek, it seems yeah. like, which is, like, great. You need that type of energy sometimes. There's no way he's upset about it, but personally, I would be. I would two-handed Connor Clifton. Um, but <laughs> it was barely um, absolutely because those shutouts are hard to come by in men's yeah, league. It's just like what the puck's going over the net. Why'd you put your arm up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Maybe he's just trying to solidify the shutout and just trying to get it out of the zone. Yeah, it just wasn't even a good effort at blocking the shot. Yeah. It's just nonsensical. Uh, but the defense as a whole, even Clifton, like his physicality, I think is really good. And uh, in general, they were great in front of their net, they cleared out rebounds. They got the puck out, and sometimes it's as simple as that. So mm-hmm. I hope they keep that up. Obviously, against a, a team like Montreal on Monday, that's another must win. And then you go to Ottawa against a very hot team with a lot of high-end offensive talent on Tuesday, back-to-back, which yep. they haven't, been, uh, haven't done yet this season. So Parney wonders if they go right back with Comrie on Monday and start Levi in the more important Tuesday game. Yeah, I, I would say either combination would be fine with it. Uh, depending on Levi's you come out of that, at least five, one and one. You know what I mean? You have to win one of those two games, preferably two and oh, but yeah, uh, you can't lose the Montreal. I will say that. Do not yeah. lose the Montreal. Gotcha. Um, 11 one. I know, I know, I know Levi's from Quebec, so maybe the vibes will be high in the locker room. Like, hey, let's get him, get him a start in front of his family, in front of his hometown. Um, but if you're asking me, well, if you're asking me, 
um, it's it's Ottawa. You put you put the put you know Levi in because that's the game where it's going to be you're going to be uh, to our, to our points from earlier facing more high danger chances. They're a very running gun team. Have a lot of offensively gifted players, um, and they're a team much like us, kind of on the fringe, looking to you know break through and make the playoffs. And uh, that's the that's the game where I think you want to give yourself the best advantage in that. And personally, everyone knows how I feel. Everyone knows how you feel. I think that's Devin Levi. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, especially with Batherson coming back, Josh Norris, uh, Tim Stutzla, Claude Giroux has, has found a, 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 a read earth in Ottawa. Um, and we all know what Brady can Brady Kachuk can do. Yeah. Uh, Canadians don't really have it. And I, I feel like Monday's game could be very similar tonight. Just limit the chances as much as possible. The Islanders look slow. They looked like they got in late last night and they played a overtime game against the devils. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, I, best case scenario, you could plug and play either guy in any situation and then they go from there. I think this offense is going to continue to figure it out, but I'd be very fine winning a lot of three to one games this season. That we do not need to score 300 goals. There's there's no reason which this team can't make the playoffs if we score significantly less goals. We all assume that they're less this season. Yeah, that's the thing. And as long as the goals against are less, and long as long as the team defense is is better than it was, this team can still be successful. Yep, I, I agree. I like this comment from uh, Captain Ahab. This is exactly what we need. We need two competent goalies to be successful. Com showed he's a capable goalie tonight, and now Levi has some adversity and a and challenge. I, like, Com showed he was a capable goalie many times last season. I think his goals against average was inflated by that 10-goal game. Uh, he had an injury early on. And then, largely, I would say the other 10 to 12 games he started, he played really well. And he was a pretty good goalie for the majority of his time in Winnipeg. Like he's proved himself over the course of like three to four seasons in the NHL. Everyone, as we say, is extremely reactionary to specific games and to specific goals. And they don't look at the bigger picture. I said it going into this year and I said it, I'm saying right now, I I do believe Eric Connery can get to the point where he's one, a one B. I really, really do. And that would be the best case scenario. I I got, I don't disagree with you. Um, If they, if it ends up being like a, 60 40 65 35 split i'm completely fine with that um, i'd be fine with 45 55 50 50 whatever helps this team win games i think could be the best case scenario yeah so um another thing too benson as mentioned earlier out of the lineup um obviously he's played four games this season uh approaching almost halfway to that nine well pretty much to that half point weight, nine uh, halfway point of nine games. Again, some more narrative today on the Twitter machine or X or whatever you want to call it. Benson should get sent down when he's, you know, you know, this, this lineup, uh, he's too young. He's eight, was 18, 19. I don't think there's any way Zach Benson gets sent down. He's been one of the Sabres best forwards. Yeah. Honest to God, most consistent forward. He's played with the most energy. Um, he's been a little spitfire out there and well, the other night, like he had a bad turnover, but there was a lot of other plays in the game where he's consistently plugging yeah. pucks. He's creating turnovers. He's getting in passing lanes. His effort is always there. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think the team or the organization is worried about losing that one year of his entry level deal because no, they weren't worried about with Levi. Exactly. If, you know, like- if he's going to help the team win games, which is what they need to do this season, it, which is why it felt like 
the world was falling apart after those after the Flames game the other night, after they started one and three, is because the expectation is to get to the playoffs. And it's going to be very difficult to do that. No, I, I 100% agree. Um, oh, I, I have one more comment to make. Um, who uh, who was that on that hit? Um, no, I'm sorry. We already talked about the Dalian hit. What am I talking about? Um, I mean, any final thoughts? Obviously, uh, I know you got to get out of here. Any final thoughts from you uh, in terms of heading into the weekend? Obviously, we got Bills tomorrow against the Patriots. Uh, and then we come right back on Monday with the Sabres against the Canadians. Uh, any final thoughts from you? I would love, like, a very similar game to tonight's game tomorrow morning. Like, you have enough offense, but in general, the defense is is going to need to do what they need to do against Matt Jones. Of course, like, he's a turnover-worthy guy and they can do whatever, but they just need to play responsibly. They, they don't have to play outside of themselves to win that game tomorrow. Of course, like, we all want the offense to get going. Um, I think there's a lot of parallels with this team, like especially like Tate Thompson, Josh Allen, not necessarily like being the world beaters that we once thought they were, but slow and steady wins the race, especially with, with how long both of these seasons are, uh, wins are wins. And as long as you get out alive and you do whatever you need to do on both ends of the ice or both ends of the field, both sides of the ball, that's all that matters. Um, so yeah, I think as we talked about going into this, this was a massive game. If they had lost this one, I, I think it could have been really, really difficult to swallow. So, thankfully, they did not. They played almost a perfect game. And then you go into Monday, you go into Tuesday feeling much better about yourself. So, yeah. see what happens. But I feel great, especially from a goaltending and defensive perspective. And this is what I was trying to get out earlier. I know the hit, but uh, uh, Savoy. Talk about Benson. It would be nice to see Savoy get a look and actually – when he was actually the best player at the Prospect Challenge. I think you probably will get a look at Savoy. Uh, I don't think they send him right back to, to Winnipeg. I know he's been practicing with the team. Um, or not, sorry, not Winnipeg, but um, I think that he at least gets a small handful of games to see what they have there. And because we already know what you're going to get from him in junior, like he's going to, you know, put up a point plus per game. There's really nothing less that left there for him to accomplish. So I definitely think you get, you know, at least four or five games out of him maybe more depending on if there's injuries and whatnot. And of course there is the Pat Kane stuff, you know, once he's ready, you know, Buffalo seems to be the leading the conversation on Pat Kane. Uh, Jack Quinn will be back by the second month of the season. Uh, I think it's expected about two months into the season, correct? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would say they're going to be cautious with it. I, I'd be surprised. if. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think they rush him back. I say, I say he's back in January. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, uh, my expectation is a big blowout win tomorrow from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, wouldn't it be something if they beat them so bad that they just fire Belichick? So that was a huge discussion this week. Uh, we did a segment on it ourselves. And the, con the conclusion is that that's never going to happen. Like they're going to need to – something way more horrible than that would have to happen yeah. for Robert Kraft to fire Belichick. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he does. One like before Belichick. Yeah, right? I mean, two to three tomorrow. I don't think they would fire him. I really don't. Yeah, I. Uh, it would be something though. It'd be funny, especially for Belichick. It'd be amazing. It would. It would be. Yeah. The. the I, think, I think. Belichick walks, walks, I think Belichick walks. I think Belichick walks away on his own terms. Yeah. No, he's I mean, got. It. Like, yeah. He's, I think he's also. He's also earned that. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Kraft would ever fire him. So. Yeah, I mean, he's. Ner I know there's no debating. He's the greatest football coach in the history of the game. Another um, blowout or another shutout tomorrow would 
bring us closer to that. Though I really do that him probably walking away at the end of the season yeah. for sure. Like there's no reason to fire him if you know, it happens again tomorrow because the season's lost. Let him finish out the year and you know he can make his own decision. Do you want to stay or do you want to go? Like that's that's what I think. Um, and then I fully expect you know another Sabers win uh, against Montreal on Monday. Um, excited to see what the lineups and the practice lineups look like. Uh, I, I, they'll probably what you think they'll probably skate on Sunday. I would imagine. Uh, well, they might give them the day off tomorrow and then do a Monday. We'll night the, night. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know why today feels like a Friday to me. Um, yeah, they'll get the day off. They'll get the day off tomorrow. You are correct. Morning skate will probably like, which is normally optional. We probably won't see lineups until right before the game. Uh, I imagine they'll stick with the same lines because they worked so well tonight and we'll see uh, who hops in that for Buffalo to start that back to back. So um, everybody always, always on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. Thank you for joining us. Uh, remember this has been brought to you by outlet liquor, the place to buy a case on Georgia Boulevard. And uh, I'll hang up and listen, enjoy your weekend, go bills and go Sabres. We'll talk to you later. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.